Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Well, today, what we're diving into is the topic of client testimonials. And we're going to actually have this be a two-part live, right? Yeah. So the first part is we're just going to talk about testimonials in general and how they fit into marketing. And then in the next one, we'll talk about the best practices. So where do you want to start in terms of how testimonials fit into marketing? Because... Yeah, I know from what I've seen is coach from coaches and my own belief you know, when starting out was like testimonials are super, super important to have. They show credibility. They show that you've worked with people. They you know, show that you're not just some fly by night operation that harms people. Um, so how valuable kind of are testimonials and then maybe going into how to fit them into your marketing? So. I'm going to use terminology as we go through this, by the way, like sophisticated. That does not mean that people who are not in the group that I'm calling sophisticated are dummies or idiots. We're talking about how much they analyze things and how much critical thinking they spend time on prior to making decisions rather than people who don't do significant analysis and do more gut instinct. Research has shown both of those can make exceptionally good decisions. So when we talk about sophisticated versus unsophisticated, we're not talking about dumb versus smart, right? We're just awesome. talking about the way in which they actually make their decisions and the amount of analysis they do. Because okay. um, there's a lot of people that are over sophisticated and they just never make a decision. <laughs> so it's a very good point. Okay. And it's important to realize that testimonials can they be exceptionally important? Yes. Can they also be a hindrance to your business and your marketing? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's in FCN launch or anyone who's listened to enough of these lives probably knows that there's an N word coming, the niche word yep. that is really going to be important. Who you are targeting is going to be exceptionally important to this. Generally speaking, people who rely mostly on gut instinct, testimonials are going to have more of an influence. And people who have more sophisticated analysis, meaning they spend more time on analyzing, and they're more, uh, the testimonials are not going to have as large of an influence. Similarly, if your target market is generally trusting testimonials will have more of an influence. If your target market is generally skeptical, testimonials may actually keep them from buying from you. Interesting. So I am of the type of person that is generally skeptical and is generally uh, does analysis 
more than I probably need to. Testimonials actually cause me to question the value of the product. Okay. Because when I see a testimonial, my mind immediately goes to, oh, they're cherry picking results. My mind immediately goes to, are these even real people? Because anyone can make something up, put quotation marks around it and throw some name they pulled out of a uh, phone book. Yep. When you remember phone books, right? Um, and is this person's experience even relevant to me? Right. Right. Because sure, they um, they have this app that does this thing, but do they have the same computer, the same software? Does it integrate in the same ways? Right. It, it, for me, it brings up a whole bunch of additional questions yep. that makes me start to wonder about the value of a product. Yep. And so realize that just because other people have had success with testimonials does not necessarily mean that testimonials are going to be uh, work are going to work for your specific client so maybe the stereotypical engineer profile right someone who may have more in line with your way of thinking may not be as persuaded or maybe actively turned off by testimonials yeah, this is again painting with a broad brush, but kind of that way of thinking, that kind of analytical, very detail-oriented mindset may be less persuaded. Yeah, by testimonials. Yeah, and it's important. I think it's what you said. Painting with a broad brush is important to point out. Yeah. All of that was not to say there's two groups of people you should use testimonials or not based on who your groups of people fall into. Yeah, but to really think about it from the perspective of your target market, who they are, what their psychology is how they perceive things and interact with the world to decide whether testimonials are right for you or not, right? Are a good idea for you or not. Yeah, you mentioned yeah, testimonials within this confine, or at least the one that you referenced was like uh, something in quotations on a website, you know, that that is static and could kind of be made up. Right. At the end of the day, right? It could the quote could have been pulled out of thin air, the person's picture, the name. So maybe this is put you know, getting a little ahead of myself, but what about something like a video testimonial? Right. So do video testimonials could it give more credence or at least help that fake factor to a certain degree? They can, but then I then people might start worrying about, oh, is this just an actor? Especially if it's a really good video testimony. You are, right? you are such a weirdo, man. Like, I, yeah. I love you. You're great. Because um, that's something I would never think of, like, for a coach, per se, right? Like, um, right. like, wow, if that coach actually went out and hired actors, then, like, I'm actually kind of impressed that they put that much thought into faking their marketing. So, well, and here's the thing. It may also be, it, and when I say actor, I don't mean a hired actor. It could right. be you know, their best their friend, mom, their best giving friend. their mom, giving the testimonial. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not saying that video testimonials are bad. I we use testimonials in FCN. Right. But also realize that the people who are giving the testimonials are people that people in the financial coaches community are familiar with because they're actual real people who have gone through it. Right. Yep. Um, and so it, it's, 
again, I'm not poo-pooing testimonials. You just really want to think through who your audience is and how they're going to receive them. Yeah. For me, testimonials don't like it. Case studies love them. Mm, good right? point. My psychology, I love case studies. And the big difference between a testimonial and a case study is the testimonial says, this is how wonderful this was for me. The case study says, here was the problem. Here is exactly how the product solved that problem. It did this, it did this, it did this, it did this. And here were the results, not from a perspective of how wonderful it is, you should buy it, but literally just the factual laying out of the case. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to look at it, because again, overly analytical, of being able to say, oh, okay, I have this piece of the problem, this piece of the problem, this piece of the problem. Now I can see how this would actually help. I can think through, okay, if I bought that product, it would help me in this way in the business. And yeah. that, you know what, that's most of what I'm looking for. Now I'm more comfortable buying the product. Gotcha. And case studies are not, are they specifically around one person or just kind of a, an approach in general? Oh, you hit your mute button somehow. Not... <laughs> You just magically muted your, or the internet was like, Josh, we're going to take this privilege away from you. I do. Uh, there we go. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe your question was, that's Freddie, the, um, whether or not, uh, the difference between case studies and, and whether they're around a single person. Yeah. Case studies tend to be around a single person or a single interaction, but they tend to be written from the perspective of the challenge and this and the solution like the, how the product actually works rather than around the experience of the person who received it so it's kind of easier actually for that person reading it to kind of put themselves kind of in that case study position and walk through perhaps right. how it would work for them it's easy for a certain type of person to put themselves in that position and walk through and see how it works I'm loving all these caveats, but they're important, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it is important to say it's not just two groups of people. It's not all testimonials. Like, and that's the nuance that I think is really important to, to get clear on. Yeah. And it's lost, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, oftentimes there's, whether it's intentional or not, there's oftentimes this thing of, oh, this worked for this person. So therefore it must be the right thing for everyone. Which is, I think, where a lot of coaches can get, um, can find it hard to figure out what to do in marketing when, you know, they hear, I started a blog and now I have a six figure blog that, or a blog that helped me get all these clients. Or another person says, I was on Facebook and that got me tons of clients, or I did referral marketing with financial planners. Right. So, you know, it can. And then you're work. like, I have to do all of those things <laughs> in order to be successful, which, you know, if you try to do everything, you're successful at nothing been there, tried that. Uh, so, and so I, I don't, I am not in the camp of saying, you know, get a few beta clients, get a testimonial, you're good to go. Because I mean, literally if that worked, then marketing classes would be one week long and we'd be done with it after the week, right? Well, three weeks long. We'd, we'd say that thing. Then we talk about how to write, how to interview for a good testimonial. Then we'll talk about how to um, write oh, a good yeah. testimonial and promote it. Right. But yeah. th you know, three weeks and we're done with marketing. Uh, <laughs> that would be so nice. It would, it would. Um, and so, yeah, it's 
realize that you don't have to go that route. And it's not saying that it's a bad route, but you it is a bad route if it's not aligned well with the client that you're trying to reach, with the group of people that you're trying to reach. And realize that if you try to reach everyone, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to reach no one or you're accidentally going to reach a very specific type of person that happens to re relate to and resonate with everything that you're doing. And it may not be the type of person that you want would want to reach. And a lot of business owners have this experience of, yeah, I'm getting these calls from people, but I don't like any of the people that I'm have as clients. Hmm. And that oftentimes comes from marketing that ends up being far being accidentally targeted to a group, but it wasn't intentionally done. Okay. Right. It's kind of that, you know, I've been in a series of bad relations and they've all had the same problem with them. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's a combination of things that are, that you're not often aware of that yeah. are bringing you to that. And that's a lot of what psychologists work on with relationship issues is dealing with things that you're not aware of about yourself. Uh, what's the single thing in all these relationships that's the constant? Oh man, it's me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, been there, done that. So yeah. in terms of a marketing standpoint, okay. So um, I like kind of, and just checking time, we have about 10 minutes for you. So where do you think would be most helpful saying, okay, not all testimonials are going to be great for all groups. Um, there are certain things to keep in mind of who they work better for or not as well for what else? And then it's a matter of when do you put the testimonial out, right? And maybe how do you put it out? And how do you put it out? Yeah. And realize that the faster that testimonials show up in marketing, the more it starts to raise flags for people. Okay. Uh, right? What do you mean the faster? So for example, if you were interested in, um, in buying a car, okay. right? And a car company wouldn't tell you the type of car, wouldn't tell you how much it costs, wouldn't tell you even whether it's a four door or two door or whether it's actually a car or a truck or an SUV. And all they did was start sending you letters of, oh, I love this four wheel vehicle, but we're not going to say anything about the four wheel vehicle. Okay. Right. You would start to wonder why all these testimonials about how much they love it without actually knowing what the product is. So in terms of almost like the buying or the awareness process, like how soon that testimonial is presented. Exactly. Okay. And you want to make sure that the client is, is at a stage of awareness of your product, how it works, um, the benefits of it and other things along those lines that so that you don't have a situation where the, um, so that you don't have a situation where you're pushing testimonials on them, where it feels like they've gone to one of those websites where they talk about you can become a millionaire and make millions of dollars and you know free money and you go through like a 9000 word dissertation and at the end of it you still don't know what they're talking about other than all the boats you're going to be able to buy 
But long sales page copy is supposed to be the best way to do it, Josh. Depends on what's in that long sales page copy. <laughs> True. And so that that's where those like hackles that those like red flags start to show up in people's minds of, well, there's a lot of talking about the benefits of this thing, but I still don't know what it does. Now I'm start, sort of worried about, well, what are they hiding? And we've all gone to, you know, multi-level marketing, sell to your friends and family, the latest widget things, or at least have had friends that have gone to them and heard the horror stories. Yeah. And it's very much a, let's talk about a lot of excitement, but let's not actually talk substantively about anything that you're going to get. Right. So oh, finish that thought and then I'll jump on it. And you just want to realize that those experiences that people have, humans are pattern recognition machines. It's really the only thing that our brain is good at. Uh, we are ridiculously good at pattern recognition. And if you start to present a pattern that starts to mimic other experiences they've had that have been bad experiences, they're going to automatically assign that bad experience to your coaching. Okay. And so again, that awareness, making sure that the testimonials are coming out at a place when awareness makes sense. I mean, I guess this will really depend on people's overall marketing approach and strategy, right? Because I, I was thinking, you know, what if you, is it bad to have it on your website, on your, you know, like programs and pricing page? But it could also depend if that's the first page that people see, you know, the first interaction they have with you, whether people came from a newsletter that you've been putting out for a while, or they came from social media that they've been interacting with you for a while. Um, so I don't know if there maybe is like a, a broad best practices that we could even get to in the next one, or if it's just so kind of specific based on the ideal client and their journey and the market. It's going to be best practices about how to think about things so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Gotcha. And I'll say even another thing, your, a lot of your clients come from testimonials where it's their very first interaction, right? They right. go to Yelp and they read, they read about you and then they decide to reach out yeah. and you're, and you're, are getting a very specific type of client from that group, right? From that Yelp. Um, I don't trust Yelp at all, like at all yeah. because, and I, and I also have a hard time trusting reviews because I know, for example, there are that Yelp, if you advertise on it, will reorder all of the reviews. So the good reviews show up on top and the bad reviews show up on the bottom. But if you cancel your advertising or don't advertise on it, they reorder the reviews again so that the bad reviews show up on top and the good reviews show up on the bottom. Yep. Um, I, I know that people will uh, tell their employees, your job this, uh, this afternoon is to write a review on Yelp. Wow. I know because I've known people who have been asked to do that by their bosses and they felt uncomfortable about it. Large numbers of people. <laughs> Right. Jeez. From students. Yeah. Um, I know that there are companies in China. I've received these, by the way, that will that you, that companies can pay to buy a product on Amazon, ship it to a random person in the United States. So I've received a random product that I never ordered. I've didn't heard pay of this. For it, right. So that they can then write a review as an actual Amazon customer on Amazon to gain the reviews on Amazon. <laughs> and so 
You muted yourself again. The internet is just not a fan of you today. It's Maybe so there's weird. a space. Right? <laughs> uh, so I don't trust Yelp is what I, is what I said. And, gotcha. um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't have a Yelp page. It's if yeah. you're targeting me, don't have a Yelp page or don't expect a lot of business from it. Yeah. Right. If you're not targeting me and if you're targeting someone whose first thing they do when they're looking for a restaurant is to go to Yelp, then the Yelp page is probably going to be really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it feels like we didn't get very far, <laughs> but that's why we're breaking it into two sessions. I was going to say breaking Were there any questions sessions. that we can answer that people might've typed in the chat or the thing? Looking at right now, no questions have come through yet. We'll definitely be able to next time go through the um, questions that we actually had down as I put down some like bullets and sub bullets in terms yep. of what uh, we could cover. So we can get to that next time. But I like and kind we'll of do a poll on Tuesday to yeah. well next week sometime. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get a we'll get feedback on like what people want to hear more. But if you end up watching the replay, put questions in the comments that you'd like uh, us to answer on that future one, and we'll get to them in a future Facebook Live. Yeah. So and big takeaways. Yes. Think about it from the target of your market, whether testimonies are correct for you, and realize that testimonies aren't the only way to go. You can use case studies. You can use a number of different things. And you're not limited to testimonials in order to try to accomplish the same thing if it's not right for the people you're targeting. Good point. I mean, hence why you bring up white papers as an option at the end right. of launch and not something that we they go into right away in phase one or at the end of phase one. But you know, I like that you bring up those different ways based on how your prospects right, right. Um, see the value of testimonials or not. So exactly. I know you got a client to prep for. So yep. Enjoy, and thank you everyone for joining us, and we'll be on again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall there if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.